We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Weather this week in the capital city, a little bit cooler, lows in the 60s, highs in the upper 80s and low 90s. Looks like we've had our summer already. This segment is possible today because of Nebraska Grain Sorghum Board, Lower Platte South Natural Resource District. In the, coming up on the show, Jeff Mall from Lincoln Visitors. And Convention Bureau, I'm helping you out here. And we're going to give him a couple of lightning round questions on things to do with your dog in Lincoln. And what to do with your family also. When Robin, they, go ahead. When they come in town to visit, yeah, we are struggling this morning, aren't we? We had a hard time on Thursday with me. Now it's your turn. It's my turn. Eric Thompson from UNL Bureau of Business Research will be in. Nebraskans polled say our economy is predicted to be good, except there is one troubling statistic, and we'll find out what that is and if it's going to have impact. And Jose Salgado from LES, Midtown Lincoln is going to have the above-ground power lines relocated underground and we'll tell you where and when this is going to happen well okay i want to hear about these dog friendly businesses that have suddenly cropped up in the capital city and in the studio we have jeff mall from the visitors and convention bureau down at the chamber of commerce how are you doing doing really well it's a it's a good day it's been a good summer so far but i do want to make one correction right now on the show we rebranded so we're now really easy to refer to as visit lincoln Visit Lincoln. That's just happened over the last few months. Oh. So few months and we've missed it? You've missed it. It's kind of a soft rollout, but now it's just Visit Lincoln. You don't have okay. to say that long. Visitors and convention, convention yada, yada, yada. Bureau. Yeah. so hard, but Visit Lincoln. Visit Lincoln is much easier, I will I will concede. It's what we do. Well, so. and I am curious about Lincoln. Um, we've done a couple out-of-town trips this last few months, booked one for this fall. Cannot believe the hotel costs. And that made me wonder, are the hotel rates in Lincoln going up? Are we seeing the same kind of demand, and can hotels get or is or is Lincoln, you know, just Lincoln and still affordable? <laughs> well, I wish I wish we could say we're still pre-pandemic affordable, but the average daily rate in hotel rooms in 2019, we'll give that as an example, was yeah. right around ninety dollars. That was the average daily rate per overnight in Lincoln at ninety. We came out of the pandemic into 2021, and it was still around ninety dollars. But then, as we jumped into 2022, when everybody really started to get back after travel. The average daily rate went up to $101. It went up $11 average. Mm. This year, we're tracking as of about May 1st, $103.35. Done this for 21 years. I've never seen ADR jump that excessively, Robin. But 10, 10, over 10%? Oh, it's, it's, it's significant. And, yeah. and keep in mind, that's just the average daily, daily rate. So that's you, average. Yeah, yeah and, and that gets kind of skewed at times. The well, it, high could be like super high. Yeah, so summertime travel, you get into fall football when the Huskers are bringing right. people into the community. You're talking average daily rates that are pushing way higher than that. And, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I, I like where we sit right now. We're still very affordable when you compare us to, say, a Kansas City oh, or yeah. a Des Moines. And, right. Um, it's the community hasn't changed, but I think our hoteliers are doing a job, good job of being cost effective and and driving rate to try to get their numbers back where they need to be. Well, 
you know, now that we have this turn back tax approved, what's the next step for the downtown convention center? Well, that turn back tax, thank you so much to, to Senator Bostar and Senator Wisher. Um, they did a great job in the session this year to get turn back tax. And turn back tax will be a primary financing engine for a new convention center in downtown. We now have that in our tool chest, and that tool chest will now involve analyzing the capital stack. You can use this much to pay for it when it comes to turn back tax, but how else are we going to pay for a building downtown? Wait, excuse me, what's a capital stack? Capital stack is when you take a look at all the options for capital funding. Okay. How you can afford the capital improvement. So whether it's tax or private funding, we got to kind of figure out who that is and how that's going to work. Or uh, a plan. Yeah. yeah. A, Another way of putting a it. A financial plan. Yeah. Yes. So the other thing that we're looking at right now is a selection committee uh, putting together a good group of individuals from city, county, and state government, as well as the private sector, to take a look at an RFQ process mm-hmm. to send that out to the development community. Start of the beauty pageant when it comes to who can build a convention center in downtown Lincoln. Uh, I see that happening probably relatively soon. And then you get into the longer term, an RFP. Yeah. That's where we get serious. You know, we have our rose ceremony. It's kind of like the bachelor and bachelorette. We get through <laughs> the initial weeding out of ones that don't qualify. And then you get it down to two or three really good companies on two or three really good sites. And, you know, we fast forward this thing. We're way behind in the market right now. We're losing a lot of business to Kearney. We're losing a lot of business to Omaha. When our largest downtown hotel, is only doing 30% of market demand, that tells you there's 70% of, of conventions out there that we're missing out on. Wow. So yeah. it's we're overdue. Well, good. We certainly good, are. Good job working on that project. Robin, we've got a, a little fun time, don't we? Lightning round. We did a lightning round with Kevin Custer from the chamber a couple of weeks ago. Had a lot of fun with that. Um, so how about we do that with you? Um, we, we will throw out a few questions for you, and you tell us what... Give us a little bit of a picture of of how this all works in Lincoln. This is nerve-wracking. Okay. All right. Are you you ready for what I'm going to ask you? And this all has to do with tourism and commerce in Lincoln. Name seven family-friendly activities for guests coming from out of town. Number one, I would say probably the easiest one I think about is adventure golf at 56th and Old Cheney. Great miniature golf course. Great, great family fun. Salt Dogs Baseball. Great, great tradition, great summertime activity. Uh, Branched Oak Observatory, one of my favorite new attractions coming out of the ground and becoming bigger every day. Matt Anderson's done a great job out there. The more traditionals, the Children's Museum, the Children's Zoo, uh, historically speaking, the Nebraska History Museum. Yeah, I think a lot of people need to go there. Uh, I I agree. It's overlooked a lot because they're thinking history, but there's three floors of amazing opportunity in that building. And uh, wrapping up, Sun Valley Lanes and Games. Uh, if you haven't been to the new Sun Valley Lanes and everything that John Lacito out on Westo, it's amazing. Huh? Giant-sized beer pong, outside activities. They got green space out there that you can enjoy. Bowling, bar and grill, sand volleyball. It's it's a it's a destination. He fearlessly started that project right during the pandemic. I know. He, he I... said, "I'm going to do this." <laughs> Kudos to him for that. Okay. Next lightning round question. Name seven pet-friendly experiences in Lincoln. <laughs> well, and I like this question because we actually have a, a, a portion on our site. Uh, Lincoln Parks, uh, their dog runs, uh, Off the Leash Dog Bar just opened up at 19th and M. Take your bar out for take your bar out for a drink. <laughs> take yourself out for a drink and bring your dog. Um, many of our local bars are doing that. Our hotels are doing really well with welcoming pets. Most restaurants, the mill. 
the mill welcomes pets down in the Haymarket as well as out on 48th Street, and the Lincoln Running Company. I mean, a lot of people run with their pets. Yeah. And what they've done over there to have that be a welcoming environment. And the reason we're focusing on pet-friendly activities is pet-friendly destination travel is one of the number one searches out there for travelers right now. Really? Yeah. The- wow, both, both Robin and I are surprised by that. But, well, I don't know. Pandemic puppies. Remember uh, all those pandemic yes, puppies? Yes. That's exactly what that is. Yeah, I mm. bet it is. Yeah. So a lot oh, of people wow. are traveling with their pets and we love it. So we're trying to become more of a pet friendly destination and let people know through our website. I wish we could ask you more, but we are so out of time and this was really great stuff. Um, give the website. So because I there's like 64 things you can take your, fam- oh. your family, just your family to. Yeah. So how do they look that up? Lincoln.org is our website, brand new website, full of lots of color. We have our new video right when you get to the home page. But you can dive into pet-friendly activities, family-friendly, sports-related, great comprehensive site. And if you ever have any questions when you're in the Haymarket, stop to our visitor center at 7th and P. Coming, right. up, coming up next, are Nebraskans predicting a recession? We'll talk to Dr. Eric Thompson from the University of Nebraska. Thanks to Jeff Mall from Visit Lincoln for go. sharing with us. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. How are office building sales nationally? Class C offices are turning into life science centers, data centers, and co-share space. Class A is turning top floors into apartments and first floors into retail. Most cities, downtowns have 70% office. How are office building sales in Lincoln? We've sold about the same number of office buildings or condos this time last year as we have this year. There you go. This segment is possible today because of Service Master Professional Building Maintenance, University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business. Are Nebraskans predicting a recession? We wanted to find out. So we've asked Dr. Eric Thompson from the University of Nebraska College of Business and also the Bureau of Business Research. I should add that he's in that specialty department. How are you doing today? Oh, quite well. Well, every every month we have you come and share the leading economic indicators for Nebraska. And we also want to ask you about a new technology report that the Bureau did. So, well, let's start with that leading economic indicator. Are Nebraskans predicting a recession? What, what's going on here? Well, our, our, our leading indicator, uh, which contained data for May, uh, showed you know continued optimism among Nebraska businesses, so they still expect to increase sales and employment over the next six months. Uh, the other five components are more data-driven rather than a survey. And those were positive as well, slightly positive. So uh, the leading indicator was up again. It's not as up as sharply as it was early in the year. So there's some evidence of the economy cooling but off. But they're still predicting it's going to improve, a lot of them. Yes. So uh, the leading indicator is designed to predict mo- uh, the economy for the next six months. So it's saying, at least here in Nebraska, uh, the economy can grow, maybe kind of slowly, but it can grow Good. through the end of the year. What about unemployment claims? That was a one negative. Now, that has been really low lately. So this this last month, May, it upticked a little bit, uh, but it's still quite low. And that, that's been the surprise. Most One of the most surprising things about the economy is despite all the Fed interest rate increases, that's put pressure on a number of industries, uh, the unemployment rates have have stayed quite low. So even though the unemployment's up, it's still below normal. Yes. 
Uh, in fact, the initial claims uh, that, that were that were higher in May, May than they were in April, but they're still below normal. So the initial claims, the new unemployed people, plus the unemployment rate remain quite low. Well, that's good. Robin, let's talk about that uh, economic footprint of for Nebraska technology. Yeah, um, Dr. Thompson, you and Mitch and the Bureau of Business Research um, recently finished a report, and you do these reports for outside companies and organizations. Yes, this was for an organization called the Nebraska Tech Collaborative, which okay. is a a group a group of or a, a group representing the technology industry, and uh, uh, so we did a report looking at how. Uh, the economy is affected by technology now. Uh, what we try to do is, is is focus on industries that are in the technology sector, such as computer programming, software publishers, and so forth. Uh, really, uh, maybe especially focused on the IT component, and uh, and then also trying to figure out technology workers in other types of businesses. Um, probably what we don't capture is the fact that technology has become more important than almost everyone's job. <laughs> right, it's uh, getting harder to find the bright line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, within those confines, we found that uh, uh, technology employment directly or indirectly supports about uh, a tenth of Nebraska jobs, either ten percent, either really? direct technology jobs or kind of the multiplier and supporting other jobs in the economy because. Each technology job supports about another job. So how many tech workers are there in Nebraska? Uh, Directly uh, between uh, 43 and about 50,000, depending how you measure it. That Um, that would be the size of some cities, Dave. (laughs) Well, it would be uh, almost our third largest city. I I believe Grand Island's over 50,000. That's correct. Uh, uh, 50,000, 52,000 or somewhere in that general area. That's correct. And then, uh, again, uh, that supports a similar number of uh, about 50,000 other jobs in the in the state economy. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously it's a very vibrant part of the economy. Uh, you know, you hear stories all, all the time about, you know, the California economy or the Austin, Texas economy and all the technology activity happening there, but it's really happening throughout the country, sure. including here in Nebraska. And of course, we have a lot of uh, famous technology companies ourselves. Yeah, we're not doing too bad. Interesting stuff. You've been listening to Dr. Thompson from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business and particularly that that uh, Bureau of Business Research. You have press releases about these kinds of things they, that you do reports on, and they're pretty interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit about how to Google your way to your website and, sure, <laughs> and sure. what you so have on there for people? Our website is unlbbr.edu, and you can also email us at un at unl at bbr.edu and get added to our mailing list. So BBR is Business of Bureau, Bureau of Business, of Research. Business, Business Research, and it's it's just got some great resources for business people here in Lincoln. Thanks a lot for coming in. You're welcome. Hope you're having a great summer, Dr. Thompson. Coming up next, Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts will be in to talk about um, a local or a Nebraska-based stock company and how its valuation is doing. Everyone is excited about new business, and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. 
the number of liquor licenses has definitely dropped, Dave. I am not seeing as many liquor applications as we saw during the drinking through the pandemic years. Well, it was bound to slow down, Rob. And I mean, <laughs> you, you can only consume so much so alcohol. Much, you can only issue so many permits in Lincoln. But we do have a couple of very interesting ones this week. Christian Retirement Homes. Doing business as Eastmont has oh. applied for a Class C liquor license at 6350 Street, right across from Gateway Mall. That makes sense, though. I can understand that one. Yes, even Christian retirees would like right. to drink. Um, as has Scissors and Scotch, which is right. apparently a new business coming to 8750 South 30th Street. That's correct. Is, is that the Wilderness Hills Shopping Center? Wilderness Hills Shopping Center. So that is near 27th and Dramamine Road. <laughs> Yankee Hill Road. I call it Dramamine because of all the roundabouts. I think I counted the other day. There was like 10 or 11 from end to end. I'm going to have to check check on that sometime because I drive that road a lot. This segment is possible today because of Lincoln Airport Authority, Charter Title, and Nebraska Prep Equipment. In our last segment, we had an update on what Nebraskans think is going to happen in the economy in the next six months. It was overall pretty positive. In the studio, we have Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts, and he's going to give us a, a stock update on a Nebraska company. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, go ahead and tell us all about your, your local stock. Yeah, yeah, we want to hear if it's going up. Local Nebraska, located in Omaha, Nebraska. A uh, company called Valma Industries. But before I get into that, let me uh, make a disclosure. Uh, this, is meant, this is meant to be an update on a local stock only. This should not be considered a recommendation. Visit with your financial professional to see if this would be a fit in your portfolio. And I personally do not own Valmont Industries. Now, back to the normal schedule. Uh, Valmont Industries is located in Omaha. It's a manufacturer of products and services for infrastructure and the ag markets. Well, for those who haven't heard of or can't remember, explain all of the lines that Valmont Industries have. Yeah, it's a lot more than what you would think. Yeah. Uh, on the infrastructure side, uh, they do utility, renewable energy, lighting, transportation, telecommunications, and coding services to preserve metal products. Uh, a lot of those metal light poles that you see on the sides of the streets they make. The ag component consists of the manufacture of center pivots and linear irrigation equipment as well. Now, the stock has uh, not only risen over the past year, but it has also done so at a faster pace than the Standard Poor's 500. Valma Industries has improved earnings per share by 19.6% in the most recent quarter compared to the same quarter a year ago. The company had demonstrated a pattern of positive earnings per share growth over the past two years. During the fiscal, the past fiscal year, Valma Industries increased its bottom line by earning $11.63 versus $9.11 in the prior year. Now, despite its growing revenue, the company underperformed as compared with the subsector average of 17.2%. What is a subsector average? So normally we talk about averages. We talk about like the Standard Poor's 500 index average or so forth. This is really defined uh, more something uh, more similar to where Valmont is as an industry, as a subcategory. 
So since the same quarter one year prior, revenue slightly increased by 8.3%. Growth in the company's revenue appears to have helped boost the earnings per share. The debt-to-equity ratio is somewhat low, currently at 0.75, and is less than the subsector average, implying that there has been a relatively successful effort in the management of debt levels. Have any of their uh, various lines of products seem to have been hit hard by these interest rates, do you know? You know, I didn't get specifically into that research part of it, but I can't imagine that it hasn't. Uh, overall, the company continues to perform well. I do think with the slowing economy, higher inflation, and higher interest rates, you may see some of that information show up in their earnings reports in the future. Sure. Well, thanks a lot for that update. Kind of a little snapshot of what's going on with one company right here in Nebraska. Thanks a lot, Roger. You're thanks, welcome. Roger. Thanks. Roger Frank is a registered representative of securities offered through Berthel Fisher & Company Financial Services, BFCFS member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through BFC Planning, Inc. Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning, Inc. are independent entities. I am a client of Roger, and I am not being compensated. Coming up next... New construction projects with Lincoln Electric System. Midtown is going to have some overhead power lines buried underground, and we are going to tell you where and when. We'll be right back. Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Apart from hay fever, constant sweat, sunburn, lack of sleep, wasp, bug bites, the baking hot car, 4 a.m. sunrise, our neighbors' noisy outdoor patio parties, yellow lawns, water shortages, heat ration, complete lack of energy. We are actually big fans of summer this year on Grow Lincoln. And with that 4 a.m. sunrise thing over, by the way, we have just turned the corner on Thursday and are hurtling towards winter solstice. <laughs> Boy, Robin, that was quite a long list. And winter storms. Oh, great. <laughs> this segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Heating and Air Conditioning, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor, Evnen, Wolf, and Tannehill Law Firm. And since I am so cheerfully predicting winter storms, oh. they often cause blizzards, which cause power lines to fall to the ground. But there is a solution for this problem, and that solution is going to be starting very soon. We have Jose Salgado from Lincoln Electric System in um, Midtown. It's going to be getting some of those overhead power lines that tend to get come down during storms buried in the ground before too long. Um, probably going to affect our traffic at some point, but this is a major improvement. Welcome to the show, Jose Salgado. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Well, Jose, can you break down for us where you will be taking down these power poles and burying these lines underground? Essentially, the project is going to take place on 56th Street. It's going to stem out into some neighborhoods uh, from A Street all the way down to Edgewood. All, be... From A to Edgewood. That's a big part That's of Lincoln. That's a long area. Yes, ma'am. And, and you're, we're talking about 56th and, and Nebraska Parkway then. Is it on either side of 56th Street or like the east side or the west side? Yeah, so our existing facilities are on the west side of 56. The conversion to underground is going to be on the east side. Oh, so you're, you're literally moving it over on the other side of the road then? Correct. Oh, that's interesting. Well, talk about the, the phases that you do and your, your mission and your reasoning for why you do this. Your, yeah. mi your mindset, basically. Okay. To give some insight on the LES mindset, uh, 
our mission is to maximize energy value and quality of life uh, in an environmentally responsible manner. And then our vision is striving to be the world's best energy company. So taking a look well, at that. Well, why not? We should be the best. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, but, it does have Lincoln in the name. So, <laughs> so taking a, uh, those astronomical goals and kind of just compressing it down, um, I wanted to highlight uh, the 2023 LES Competitive Market Report. And essentially it's a, it's a study of performance metrics uh, across the U.S. and all 50 states. There's 87 different companies, 33 of them being public power, 54 being investor-owned. Um, so it gives a nice breakdown to see where we actually lie within the country. And uh, we, we probably get to say that without major event days, um, LES ranks first overall. Really? In reliability. Well, that's in reliability. And essentially, yeah. 56th Street, this overhead to underground conversion is increasing our reliability. Yeah, and so. I, you know, we travel quite a bit around the United States, and I do notice that there are so many cities that do not invest in burying their power lines underground. Yeah, I've well, and, and particularly in a neighborhood such as as this one, because it's I'm going to use the word more established neighborhoods uh, through that area. And it does mean you know you, you see it in the new in the new neighborhoods. Yeah, but not the older ones. Um, talk about the timing. Timing. So it's going to be uh, right around the corner. We are going to be starting boring here in July. This year? Yes, ma'am. Oh, this is huge. And then how long will it last? So right now it's about year, year and a half. I say that because there's there's a couple different, there's really three different phases. The first phase is going to be from uh, A Street to Van Dorn. The second phase, uh, Van Dorn to Edgewood. And then once that's complete, the distribution, so that's the wooden poles, we're going to go and upgrade our transmission facilities. So that's the steel structures you see on the west side of 56. So how will LES ensure that customers can access their homes and businesses in the, these areas while, during construction? That's yeah. always kind of a little that's bit of tricky. a trick, isn't it? It is. It is. It's very important to us. Uh, so when we're planning ahead and doing our lane closures, we want to make sure that everyone still has access to their businesses and their homes. So that's taken into account and uh, we give them a notice as well. Okay. Um, I suppose they'll be noticed, notified if like something is going to have to be shut down and there's not going to be electricity for a good reason. I mean, is that potential that that could happen and how you handle letting the public know that? Yeah. So for planned outages, um, if a customer is going to be down, we always give them notice. Uh, we we want to work with them as best as we can. So kind of if they have to be on, especially for businesses, we try to get it to where it's outside of their peak hours. Um, but there is always a chance that there's an unplanned outage. If our born crew um, hits something and every customer essentially has a potential to be out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh can you kind of give us a list of your major projects or how can people find out about your major projects? This might be easier for you. Okay. Do you have a website for that, I, I, I assume? We do. So it's les.com forward slash construction. Construction. Yeah. And I think there's a whole special section just for these kinds of things. Now, this is huge. It yeah, is. This is, this yeah, is a big project. Yeah, this is huge. So, again, if you are just tuning in, 
South 56th Street, now make sure I get this right, from A Street down to Nebraska Parkway? To Edgewood. To Edgewood, okay, which is slightly north of Nebraska Parkway. Um, You're probably going to see some lane closures starting in July. Yes, ma'am. And this is going to last, I think you said, a year and a half. Yeah, it's going to be some time. But um, we're going to be taking it into segments. In in sections. So, you know, watch Google Maps. Make sure you know what's going on when you travel 56th Street. I'm sure they'll have plenty of those uh, signs up saying, this area will be closed from this time to this time. So read the sign. Read what it says. (laughs) That's what they usually do. Thank you. Thanks we for really coming appreciate on, Jose. great information too. Yeah, good good stuff. Coming up next, businesses opening, closing, and moving around. We'll have that that usual mix of business and restaurant news for you when we come back. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. I was born and raised here. I got it made and if I have my way, I'm gonna stay. Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to Lincoln's only business, real estate development, and construction show on Mass Media in Lincoln. We are here for you with interviews with company owners and news about businesses growing in Lincoln. And this segment is possible today because of Realtors Association of Lincoln, Sarder Heyman Jewelers, and Lincoln Electric System. Robin, in, we've got some we've got some stuff happening uh, in one of our older older line businesses that have been here for a long time. A stalwart Emer- who yeah. has been here for a long time, Emeritus at fifty eight hundred O Street, doing an office interior remodel, two hundred fifty thousand dollars over there next to a Gateway Mall. And speaking of Gateway Mall, big news this past week. Boy, Robin, you're right about that, and I think a, a lot of brides might have some concerns yeah i don't think this was a huge surprise but you know someone who is in the process of planning a wedding is gonna want to know um lori and allison both reported this week that david's bridal is closing and allison sent us a picture which is on the facebook page um there's a few rumors circulating out there about something that might replace that. And what we do know for sure, I don't know if in the exact location, but what we know for sure is there is another dress shop coming to Gateway that's going to offer some bridal um, or wedding options. I don't know if they're going to offer wedding dresses, but they're definitely going to have event dresses. So I'm sure Gateway, I got a lot of faith in them. They seem to have no trouble filling, you know, backfilling space that comes available. They've done a lot better job than a lot of a uh, lot of them around uh, the country. Yeah, exactly. Well, Robin, I'm going to bring up uh, Southeast Community College. You know, they have consistently been adding buildings and doing substantial remodels at uh, their facility at 8800 O Street. Uh, I just saw another building permit uh, for their welding technology center, $32 million. Yes, for yes. Their, uh, for that building permit uh, for welding technology. So I, I just, uh, man, we've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of permits out there for substantial uh 
amounts of money. And aren't they a part of the property tax and budget discussion these days also? Yeah, they have been. And so uh, I think the thing that's amazing is we've had uh, people from Southeast Community College come in here and some of the uh, starting wages that these graduates are receiving are really awfully good. Yeah. I uh, wages, I know wages. they tried to run a bond issue a few years ago and that did not go over with the public. I th- I think in you know they struggle a little bit harder than maybe our university or our public schools would to get full public approval for some of the things that they want to do. But I I do think they do a lot with less money. Yeah, I, I'm just uh, than some of the other institutions. Yeah, well, Robin, why don't uh, why don't you, we jump to uh, about 30th and Yankee Hill? Uh, the Mercado uh, has a new storefront there, and this is in front of Marshalls. Uh, it's the same Mercado as on North 84th Street uh, that is underneath the Casa Bovina restaurant. And I also wanted to mention, not too far from there, is uh, Hawk's Nest Sports Bar. Uh, and they're, going, they're in at the former Juicy Lou's place uh, at 1245 Libra, about South 14th is what most people would think of. And by the way, that was also formerly the Fox. That's right. Yeah, a couple different businesses there. So, yeah, things happening on... 29th and Drama Mean Hill Road and on South 14th Street. Yeah. Um, over, yeah, new some new restaurants and bars coming in. And that Mercado, that's kind of interesting. Have you ever been to their store up on North 84th and I, bought I anything? I have not. Like you can buy seasonings for the grill and wines and, you know, and, and the meats too. They right. have that and pasta. So it's like a little store. So that's kind of cool. Um, 33rd and Pioneers across from Breda. Music Studio Lincoln relocated to a space or relocated to 33rd and Pioneers all the way. This is what I thought was interesting. All the way from 48th and Cornhusker Highway. That's a. That is a big switch. Yes, it is. (laughs) Um, What they do is they offer piano, rhythm, drum, guitar and bass lessons. And also mixed age classes. And I got to thinking, that is quite a move. If you lived up in North Lincoln, would you drive all the way down to 33rd and Pioneers? Yeah. That's a, that's a ways to go. Robin, do you know which building precisely they're going into? Um, it's cro- I it's saw by, a picture of it. It was across the street from Breda. There's, okay. I know, there's about five buildings around in there that are commercial. Right. And it's going into one of those. Uh, I was just wondering if it was also, there, there's a, an office building there, too. And I just thought that would be. There's like two or three commercial buildings yeah, on exactly. that side I, of the I, street. I'm, I'm assuming that it's probably in one of those other buildings. Very interesting, though, uh, Robin. Qu- quite don't, a, we don't see that very often. A migration from no. 48th and Cornhusker to 33rd and Nebraska Parkway. Right. So. Uh, that's that's interesting to me that, that they did that. Uh, also, our friend Lou, Lou or Lowe, how do you pronounce that? I you probably talked to her. I think it's Lowe, L-O. I mean, like Lois, yeah. maybe? Yeah, I, I assume that. 
she'd heard that the old backyard burger at 84th and Nebraska Parkway is going to be a sports bar opening up in August. And this was confirmed by another listener, Brad Hillhouse, who sent us an announcement from Columbus-based Big Ten uh, Big Ten Sports Bar and Grill. And they're coming late this summer, hopefully. And Brad, and, Brad is also a major source of information for he our is. show. He, and he, I like it because he sends pictures. Well, and, and if you haven't seen that building, they have been painting uh, substantially both, well, certainly on the exterior of the building. Oh, they're I painting just, it? Yeah. Now, Change are they going to paint it gray? Yes. <laughs> gray and black. <laughs> that whole shopping center is eventually going to turn gray, isn't it? <laughs> well, that building, yes. I can tell you that. <laughs> that surprises well, me. Because... Hey, I, I can't, maybe, maybe that's a primer coat. I shouldn't say that. But that's what color it is. That's <laughs> it, what it appears right now. I don't think it is. My daughter calls it millennial gray. You know, because yes. and when that shopping center was built and so many other ones in Lincoln, it was somebody described it as the state capital sandstone color. You know, that that kind of tan beige yeah. color palette. And it's fun to watch it change. Of course, the, the big trend now that I'm seeing is you go paint the brick white yes. and then you paint all your gutters and everything black. And, well, your, that's, and your doors and your window frames. I saw all these, uh, all of the trim was black. Yeah, was all, the black. Tri- all the trim is, but yeah. And I have seen so many commercial buildings and homes where they're painting the brick and mm-hmm. doing the black trim. And it's very, it's very stunning. It's very sharp. You really notice it. But I'll tell you, in 20 to 30 years, I'm going to invest in a company that restores brick because I'm going to get rich beyond my wildest dreams. <laughs> it's all, it, you what, know, because how the next generation is going to want to restore it back to the original brown. There you go. Well, Robin, uh, I, do, I think we have a couple more uh, places Ta- to talk about. Time for a couple more? Yeah. Um, at least a couple more. Yeah. Yeah. In our earlier segment today, and you can hear the podcast on it. They were talking about a turnback tax, which is going to help fund the convention center. And just to explain that, our sales tax are comprised of sale of city and state tax, and quite a bit of commitment here from on the state side. The legislature has approved, I think, something like a hundred and five million dollars. Oh wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, Rob and I, we're going to have to sign off on uh, for this segment. That's all for Girl Lincoln. Thanks a lot. And send us photos of businesses opening, closing, or relocating on Facebook or Twitter. 